Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Go Up Podcast Edition. Where we explore the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We are your hosts. I'm Dean. And I'm Kratos. And today, Kratos, it's almost Christmas. Joy to the world. Christmas carols led by (laughs) Kratos. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about the gospel, the good news. Of great joy. See? That's right. The song. The song Mm -hmm. of heaven. Awesome. And? Jesus. Jesus. There you go. It always goes back to Jesus. Hey, Jesus. So if this podcast is encouraging to you, consider hitting like and or subscribe. And you could also share or hit that notification bell. Yes. Sharing. It's a good time for sharing. Tis the season. time of the year. Tis the season. Yes. Hmm. So, Kritis, tell me about Christmas in Iceland. Christmas in Iceland. Okay. Spent a few childhood Christmases in Iceland. Most of my Christmases were in Canada. We did do some of the traditions okay. in Canada, even though I heard this comedian once say, tradition is just peer pressure from dead people. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> but. <laughs> Ooh. That's not even right. It's <laughs> not right. Nah. Anyways. One of the things we did was they have this tradition where these 13 Yule lads or 13 Santas, we would call them, come to your house every night, 13 nights before Christmas, and you put a shoe in the window, and if you're good, you get some treat in your shoe. Oh. And if you're not good, you get something rotten. Rotten tomato? Yeah, or potatoes or something. I was always so good, so no. (laughs) You never got anything rotten. So you get 13 Santas. We only get one. Yeah, we get 13 plus the one. So 14, 14 really. in total. Yeah. As an elementary kid, it was like the crown and glory on the playground. Like, wow, this is yeah. the girl that gets 13, 13 Santas showing Santas. up. Wow. Yeah. But and I also hear that you loved to sing Christmas carols. I love to sing Christmas carols to myself, though, not out publicly caroling door to door. I you would, didn't go outside and carol? No. <laughs> I would take the newspaper carols, you know, that come in the paper yeah. in December, mm-hmm. and I'd make an incubator on the heat vents on the floor with my blanket, and I'd sit there all on my lonesome and sing through the whole pamphlet of Christmas carols. All by yourself, in the dark. Every day. Under the heat dome. <laughs> under the heat dome. All yeah. 13 days of Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Is so. that like an Icelandic Advent sort of thing, or <laughs> so your daughter they... sings? You could easily yeah get her to try that. Okay, yeah. There Does she go. like heat? She likes heat. Yeah, she was pretty bummed the other day because the electric heater blanket stopped working. You know those ones you plug in. Yeah. So then, what happens after Christmas? That's a huge okay. lead up there. Okay, so you get there. They and have then... their Yule lad. 13 Santa guys, which the actual history of it is quite creepy. The king of Denmark in 1700s actually made it illegal for parents to tell the original story. Well, can you give me just like a small hint? The one now is these 13 Yule lads had this evil gremlin witch type mother who would eat children alive if they were naughty or something. Okay. It was too disturbing. I think the whole idea was to scare children into obedience or being good good behavior i don't okay. think that works very well in general no. <laughs> it's kind of the opposite way of the kingdom of heaven isn't it they kind of like put like a happy spin on it <laughs> and now it's just this funny little thing they do and there's some evil cat to see we're like christmasy right Am wow I? <laughs> okay we just carried the santa part over with the candy and the shoe so you so. get to christmas you got the 13 day lead up mm-hmm. and then and you eat your stinky shoe candy because it's been in your shoe that you wear. 
Okay. And then they have 13 days of Christmas after Christmas. So okay. December 24th, 25th, 26th. And then by the end of it, I think January 5th or 6th, it's the end of Christmas season. Mm-hmm. So you've eaten all the food, eaten all the leftovers, burnt down all the candles. And that's when you start packing everything up. And they have these huge celebrations, like big bonfires. And the 13 Santas go up in the hill. And I remember when we were really little, going to a couple of them in Vespinaire. And they have these huge torches. What are those, like, big sticks? And they put, like, diesel or some kind of fuel on a rag. Oh, Something right. and it's just this huge torch. Like a torch, right? <laughs> yeah. And I remember one year, one of the men who's doing it, a big glob, because globs of the fuel would fall off of like flame right. globs and it hit his beard. Oh. And his beard catches on fire. It was a fake beard, luckily. Not good. But he was fine. He just had a black hole in his beard for the rest. But it's very unusual because it's very like mythical. Right. And a lot of like elves and trolls and weird creatures and things like that and weird songs and. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on as a kid. I just remember the beard catching on fire and getting candy in shoes. <laughs> <That's a go. laughs> oh, I didn't tell you about the sheephead feast. Those oh. are the scrumptious Christmas feast of sheephead for dinner. Okay. But I'll leave it there for now. Do you have any cool or fun Christmas stories? We didn't really have anything that exciting. We were just traditional Canadian kids <laughs> opening our gifts on Christmas morning. It's pretty tame <laughs> compared to what you just shared. But I do have one story, actually. This story is called Dean Doesn't Make a Very Good Santa. (laughs) (laughs) It's even got a name. (laughs) This didn't happen very long ago. You know, every Christmas Eve when you work at a church, which I did for so long, you know, you're always at church on Christmas Eve because there's Christmas Eve Mm. services. Yeah. So I was doing a Christmas Eve service, but my wife was over at some friend's place because we would do at least three or four services in a row. Like, Oh, man. That was in the fine print. (laughs) Yeah. I was supposed to go over to their place after the last Christmas Eve service. But my friend had a brilliant idea. Mm. Dean, since you're going to be coming later, why don't you be Santa? We have a Santa costume, and you carry the bags, and nobody will know it's you. (laughs) You didn't have to bring a torch. No torch. (laughs) That's easy. I can do this. So the plan was for me to have the Santa costume with me. Yeah. And then after the last service was finished, I was going to change into the Santa outfit. Then I was going to go over to the place. He was going to leave the sack of toys in the car. Okay, that sounds easy enough, right? I was going to grab the sack of toys, ring the doorbell. All the kids come running. I go in. I'm Santa. You got the bag over your shoulder. The bag of toys. He didn't want to put the toys under the tree. He wanted them in the bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect plan. All right. But two weeks before... I'm already starting to get anxious because I'm thinking to myself, okay, I've never been Santa before and I'm not a good actor. So this is overthinker Dean coming I'm out. overthinking this. I am overthinking Perfectionism. this. Perfectionism. As the Christmas Eve services are going Were on. Are you practicing your ho-ho-hos in the okay. mirror? Ho-ho-ho. Ho-ho-ho. <laughs> Trying to get it. That's right. I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. As the Christmas Eve services are going, service number one, service number two, Service number three, and then we had the last one. During the entire last service, my heart is just going, <laughs> I'm just freaking out. You're like, and this is just one performance. There is serious <laughs> performance anxiety here, okay? So first of all, I try to get into the Santa suit, and the thing is huge. Okay, I was going to say, if it was too tight. <laughs> it wasn't too tight. We have it a was, problem here. <laughs> it was massive, and whoever used it last... 
I think they were eating garlic because it smelled <laughs> like garlic. It was yes. horrible. Okay. So I try to get myself into this thing. I look at myself in the mirror and I look horrible. It's just baggy. It's like huge. And I'm trying to tuck stuff in and I'm trying to make myself look like big and jolly. Mm. But it's just, <laughs> You're small and terrified. No. So I try to stuff pillows up my this is, Who's this imposter? The kids are going to see right through this. <laughs> I finally get myself looking presentable. I put on the Santa hat and I sneak out to my car and I drive over to my friend's place. And there was really no place to park. I had to park quite a ways down the street. So I'm running to his car to try to get the sack of toys. And when I get to the car, the car is locked. I can see the sack of toys. He had in the one car. job leave the car unlocked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the problem is, I didn't have my phone with me, oh, I'd yeah. left it in my vehicle. So then I'm thinking to myself, okay. I can't get the toys. I'm going to have to call him. So I run all the way back to my vehicle. <laughs> In your Santa suit, your baggy Santa. There's kids looking out the window and out the door. It's like, Mommy, look at there goes Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa. Here I am. So I get back to my car and I call my friend. I'm like, you left the car door locked. <gasps> panting. <laughs> yeah, I am panting. He's like, oh, sorry, I'll unlock it. Try again. <laughs> so here I go. Running back down the street again. Ah, mommy, look at this. <laughs> I get to the car. I grab the sack of toys. I ring the doorbell. The door opens and all the kids are there. And they're like, yeah, Santa. And I freeze. <laughs> I walk in the door and the kids are clamoring around me. And I didn't even know what to say. I forgot. Lie. My friend... <laughs> My friend is like this, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That's so good. <laughs> I try to disguise my voice so that they don't know it's me. Oh, my goodness. It was so bad. Oh, man. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to act. I sat down on a chair, and all these kids started coming, climbing up on my knee, and I was supposed to give them gifts, and I couldn't remember their names. <laughs> You couldn't even remember your own name at that no. point. <laughs> Who am I? Santa. All the <laughs> color drains out of his face. That was me. I finally got done with my job. I had to go and get out of the Santa outfit. So there was run across the street again. <laughs> Those poor neighbor kids. <laughs> yeah, Santa for the fourth time. Ah, <laughs> oh, Cretus, oh, it was the worst. My acting career wah, did not. Wah, wah. Yeah. So good, Dean. I love it. You know, you put the effort in, you tried. But I froze. You froze. Yeah. Yeah. An introvert should not be a Santa Claus. <laughs> Take me to the heavenly realms any day, but that's right. leave Santa out of my life. <laughs> I'm never doing this again. That's what I swore. You kind of like twitch and cringe when you see little Santas and all of them starting to pop up now. PTSD a little bit. That's from right. Your, yeah. Right. The mild, and I see the guys... Place. In the malls, sitting there, they're so natural, and I'm like, mm. "How do you do, how do, you do that?" Do you do? <laughs> <laughs> Just does not work for my personality. <laughs> oh, but see, you're such a happy. I do I have the joy of the Lord in my yeah, heart. Yeah, but it didn't come out that night. When, when you forced stuck. it, it doesn't work. It got stuck inside. <laughs> yeah, no, it was bad. It's therapeutic to share these things. Sometimes, Just tell a safe friend like me. Yeah. <laughs> Like a Viking. Your traumatizing story, and as I laugh at it. Your as you laugh at me, yeah. <laughs> Laughter is good medicine, Dean. 
Laughter heals. It's actually just (laughs) pulling this gab off is what it's doing. That's a good way to heal. You know, it's debriding the wound. Let's go on to our subject, (laughs) shall we? (laughs) This is the nurse in me too. We got a little pain for a lot of gain, okay? That was good. Yeah. Okay, well, well, let's start talking about Jesus. How do we segue to a topic after that? I don't even know. know. We got to reel it in here to the real star of the show. Jesus, that's right. Focus. We're just going to like... Forget that we just had that conversation, and now we're going to start talking about the good news. Hmm. Yeah, because, you know, Santa only gives you stuff if you're good. Jesus came while we were yet sinners. That's right. And he gave us the greatest gift of all. He gave us new creation life, like a brand new, fresh start while we were still being naughty. Now, that is a brilliant transition mm-hmm, right there. Mm-hmm. No naughty or nice list he's checking off. That's right. That's such good news. That's the thing. Santa is like the earth kind of concoction of... Of the law. Yeah. If you're good, you'll get reward. Yes. Try to be good. tree of knowledge. Yeah, is Santa. That's right. (laughs) Tree of life. It's Jesus. Jesus. Fix our eyes on the tree of life this season. Let's do that. And by season, I don't just mean December. All the time. This season of your life. Shall we read a scripture? Yeah. As they say, we can make this legal if we read a scripture. (laughs) (laughs) It's a it's official. Yes. Okay, let's hear it. Luke 2, 10 to 14. Mm. How about that? Yeah. The angel reassured them. I think he was talking to the shepherds here. Try to Is sound it? like a mighty angel. Don't be afraid. <laughs> nice. Mighty angel voice. Mighty angel voice. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth laying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of other angels, the armies of heaven. Wow, that escalated quickly. These guys were just trying not to be afraid, okay? He said, don't be afraid. That's hard to just stop being afraid. They're keeping it together as he's giving them all this epic news. And now you've got a whole (laughs) army. I think I will go sit underneath my heat dome on my register. Where's my song list? Sing Christmas carols. (laughs) They were singing, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Some other translations say to those on whom God's favor rests. Another translation says to those who give God pleasure. So the peace is for those who are in the presence and to those who are in the favor of God under the favor of heaven. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. This is the first place the gospel is proclaimed. That's what the word gospel means, is good news. Mm. So the angels were the first ones to proclaim the gospel. It's supposed to be a gospel of great joy to all people. It's the happy gospel. The happy gospel. I love it. And then when you hear words like the gospel of Mark and the gospel of John, the good news of Mark, the good news of John, the happy news, and read it through this lens of joy and anticipation. My Creatus, you've come a long way since the days where you didn't know that those four (laughs) gospels existed. What a genius. This guy makes a terrible Santa, but he knows (laughs) his Bible. (laughs) Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're all Gospels. Whoa. This person knew the order. (laughs) The Gospel is such good news. The angels started proclaiming it. 
And then Jesus came and he started proclaiming the gospel. And so that's what I thought we could talk yeah, about today. Things got real. <laughs> things escalated when Jesus came on the scene. You think the angels were intense? Yeah. You just wait. I love the thought of the gospel, but I think we only perceive a tiny bit of the gospel. The yeah. gospel is huge. So we're going there. We're going there today okay. because we actually promised our listeners that we would. I was looking back and about four or five weeks ago, we mentioned the gospel and we said, someday we're going to do a podcast on that. And today is that day. And today is the day. I'm ready. Create us the and gospel go. <laughs> and go. No, you're not just going to sit there and listen. <laughs> so our like current kind of understanding of the gospel, what would you say the typical understanding is? The typical theological worldview of the gospel would be Jesus came to the earth and he died, and he rose again. And if we believe in him, then we can be saved. So it's the gospel of salvation. Mm. The gospel in our church and religious circles has come to be known as what we need to do to become born again, the message that Jesus came and died for our sins. But, wow, that's just a little tiny piece of the gospel. We've dipped our toe into the water. <laughs> that's all we've done. Can we keep going? Yeah. <laughs> I've just done a massive word study on the word gospel. Mm. and Is it abundantly above and beyond all we could ever hope and imagine, Dean? It is so far above that. <laughs> that's just a starting point. It's like Jesus said, you have to be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's just the starting point. After that, we can go in and we can come out. We can find pasture. There's a whole world there that we need to explore, and it's all covered under the gospel. Wow. It's all good news. Yes, your kingdom come. Yes. On earth. Yep. As it is in heaven, yeah. that's all part of the gospel. Wow. There is a verse in Isaiah that we read a lot at Christmas. Mm. You were telling me that you were reading that this week. Yeah. Right? I've got my little string. Your string? <laughs> what with a, a little string. What other books come with a little string but the Bible, right? No. I strung it back a little bit, too, to Isaiah, too, because I like the let's go up verse in there. Okay. Come and let's go up to the mountain of the Lord. Just have to get that oh, one in there. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you have more than one string in your Bible. There's two. Them. One is supposed to be like New Testament. One is supposed to be Old Testament string. Okay, Isaiah 9, verse Six, shall we start? Sure. I could like really just start at the beginning and we could just have an Isaiah reading. That would be like Philip, <laughs> the evangelist, going up to the, the eunuch. He's reading Isaiah and he doesn't know what he's reading. Side note. Okay. Focus, Dean, focus. All right. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. There we go. Pow. Bam! A child is born, a son is given. And I love that the very next phrase is, and the government will rest on his shoulders. Mm. The government of the kingdom, because he's the king. And then it starts giving his names. Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. But this next one, Eternal Father, we talked a while ago how Jesus represented the Father so perfectly that he became the embodiment of the nature of the Father. Mm. So he carries that name, Eternal Father. A few weeks ago, you mentioned how the Prince of Peace is a crazy title. Yeah. Somehow you have a revelation of that. Do I? <laughs> Do I? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I had a quick question. How come some translations say wonderful counselor and some like this one say wonderful? Mine says wonderful counselor and it puts them together. Yeah. Not that it really matters, but he shall be called wonderful. 
Isn't what was I saying? Wonderful, wonderful. <gasps> Dean's yes. singing on air. No, Dean does that? not sing, and Dean does not do Santa anymore. Just because you have the editing powers doesn't mean you should cut that part out. <laughs> Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then it says there will be no end to the increase mm. of his government peace. or of peace. Yeah. yeah, wow. So from the time that he came, the kingdom of heaven started increasing and it's never stopped increasing, and it never will stop increasing for eternity. That hurts my brain. It's That's like, why the universe is still expanding. <laughs> More territory and domain being created yeah. as we speak wow. all the time. That's exciting. And I think that's the reason why when Jesus came, he came proclaiming the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of heaven. He was talking about that kingdom because he now carried the government. That kingdom was starting to expand already. From there on out, it started with him, mm. and then it expanded outwards, and it keeps expanding. Mm. It will never stop expanding. So he came proclaiming the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of heaven. In my word study I just did, the gospel of the kingdom is the main reference in the scriptures to the gospel, the good news that there's a kingdom that's ever expanding. And Jesus kept saying, repent, repent change your way of thinking, it's at hand. Mm -hmm. It's right there. And then he had a whole bunch of little parables and yeah, stories yeah, yeah. of the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, he it's would like, talk about these things. He would say the kingdom of heaven is like this yeah. or like that. Try to wise us up mm. to a different realm here, mm. a different way of thinking. You've heard this word like neuroplasticity uh, with your brain and your neurons growing and stretching. And I think of that in the spiritual sense. Like we need to have spiritual plasticity, allow the Holy Spirit to stretch us and grow us. I love that phrase. Because, ah. you know, in Isaiah there we were reading, you will be called Wonderful Counselor. I'd heard one teacher say in Hebrew, there isn't a word for wonderful. The closest you could come to would be wonder. So he shall be called wonder. And when you think about never-ending increase of his government and peace and the gospel and all that it could possibly contain. Mm -hmm. There's this wonder. The wonders of the kingdom, the mysteries of the kingdom. Mysterion! Yeah, oh. <laughs> we had to do that I haven't today. heard that one in a while. <laughs> no. There we go. Jesus did say, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Imagine getting that Christmas gift under your tree. What is this? It's the mysteries, the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> wow, I want that Christmas gift. <laughs> yes, yes, please. <laughs> it always amazed me how Jesus would speak in parables and mm. he was saying it, but he wasn't saying it. Some people got it, some people didn't. Others were just filled with wonder, knew there was something to it. They felt the life on it. Yeah. They didn't know where it was coming from. The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven are being revealed Right now in the earth, they're being revealed on steroids. And I feel like you need a sound effect for that at this point. <laughs> Power. It's true. I'm hearing it more. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing more leanings into that. I don't know how to word that, but people are hearing this message from the Lord that hasn't been proclaimed very loudly. No, it hasn't been. It's just starting to be proclaimed now. The gospel is being revealed. It's being peeled back. It's like an onion. There's the layer of salvation, but that's just the starting point. We peel back another layer. There's the gospel of peace. There's the gospel of God. There's the gospel of the kingdom. There's the eternal gospel. There's another place that talks about the gospel of grace. 
Mm. And I feel like they're being peeled back. And the gospel is so powerful and so big that for eternity, I feel like we'll be peeling back layers of the gospel, the good news. Mm-hmm. Well, my son eats onions like apples, so he would like it, take a big bite out of it. I've never it's seen scrumptious. him do that, but I've heard. Mm-hmm. Has he ever eaten yeah. a garlic clove? Yep. He'll carry those babies around all day, too. And then every time you get a hug, you think that beard smells like garlic, that sound of beard. <laughs> you hang around me long enough, you smell my hair one day, it's going to have that strong garlic. Because it'll hug me, and the garlic, I feel it. It's in his hand, soaking into my <laughs> clothing and pores. I can't smell it from here, <laughs> but we're not that close. <laughs> Reason number 365, why you don't want to sit right next to me. That's right. <laughs> okay. The so word gospel means going? good news. To preach means to proclaim. Mm-hmm. So the actual Greek word has connotations of a town crier. The town crier used to go out in the middle of the town square, mm-hmm. and they used to proclaim a message to the town, some news that was happening. A town gathering yeah. at such and such a place, okay, or yeah, yeah. or news article, or yeah. so-and-so is engaged. Yeah, wow. Whatever it might be. <laughs> the town crier. Yeah. It was kind of like the newspaper, but they used to... Shout it. Have to shout it because they didn't have print. <laughs> so we're going to proclaim like that, but we're proclaiming good news. Mm-hmm. Good news is what the gospel means. Sometimes mm-hmm. when I listen to people and they're saying that they're proclaiming the gospel, it doesn't sound like very good news to me, <laughs> but it is supposed to be great news. Mm-hmm. Good news of great joy. Yeah. What does he say? The kingdom of God is a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy, joy. Right. in the Holy Spirit. So I've got a bunch of gospel verses here. I just wanted to make a point how many references there are to the gospel. But I'm just going to quickly read kind of rapid fire. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the four gospels, the four messages of good news, mm-hmm. most of the references to the gospel are to the gospel of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. When you get into Romans, Paul talks a lot about the gospel. It's the gospel of God, the gospel of his son, the gospel of Christ, the gospel of the glory of Christ. So there's a good news of the glory. Mm. Wow. There's one place in the Bible that describes the gospel of salvation. Ephesians 1.13, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed with him in the Holy Spirit of promise. Mm. So that talks about the moment where we believe in Christ and we become born again and we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's the gospel of salvation. That's the only time it's mentioned. Gospel of peace in Ephesians. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Gospel of the blessed God. And then in Revelation, we have a reference to the eternal gospel. The angels, they flew around proclaiming the eternal gospel. And then we have the gospel of grace. So there's all kinds of good news messages out there. Only one of them being the gospel of salvation. Mm, why stop there? Why stop <laughs> there? so much good news. It's just the starting place. That's right. And there is also one other verse that I love. This is 2 Timothy 1, 8 to 11. So Paul is speaking from prison here. And he says, Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ before the ages began, and which now has been manifest through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Wow. So he talks about Jesus coming, being manifest, 
abolishing death and bringing life and immortality to light through the gospel. Yeah, like to be in that position, in that dark, dungy prison cell, I'm sure it was cold, and to have that awareness and experience of heaven's kingdom, Mm -hmm. the realities of it, the good news of it, to be able to say that you can have a sound mind, rejoice always, like he's saying something about this, some kind of good news here. Mm -hmm. And Timothy, I hope, was getting the message. (laughs) It's written to him. Hopefully he read it. (laughs) Do you think Timothy read the book of Timothy? (laughs) (laughs) This is an excellent letter. Let's turn it into a book. (laughs) So there's another aspect to the gospel of life and immortality. Life and immortality. The good news of immortality and life. Go figure. (laughs) Have you ever heard anybody talk about the gospel of life and immortality? I don't think I've ever heard anybody preach on that. So born again, gospel of salvation, and then all these other layers to the gospel. Mm -hmm. Until we get to the layer of life and immortality, it just goes on and on and on. Such a huge, massive covering that the gospel, the good news brings to the entire new creation kainos life. (laughs) It's overwhelming to even begin to think about because it's so massive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't want to just stop in one place with my understanding of how good the good news can be. Yes. Yeah. When Jesus's posse came and called him good, he's like, you don't even know what good is. So when we hear the good news Can we even understand and fathom how good the good news is? Mm -hmm. Well, it is very good news, and it all started with the angels proclaiming that it was good news of great joy. Mm -hmm. The child, Mm -hmm. the son that's given, the government, the kingdom. Uh, Wow. And it goes on and on from there to infinity. Infinity! You know, and they start off saying, do not fear. It's like, can we even begin to fathom, begin to step into, begin to understand the goodness of the good news if we're carrying any fear? That's a very, very good point. Ooh. Powerful. Powerful. That's right. (laughs) That's the same way I felt. I felt the the ground shake. (laughs) Ground did shake, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Boom. That is actually pretty profound. Do not fear. The gospel ends up carrying such life, it actually is fearful to a lot of people, and it causes a lot of offense. I think we as humans are really bad at change. We're really bad at advancing. Mm. Something amazing happens in God, and we decide, this was pretty amazing. This was awesome. Let's set up some tents here. Let's, okay, let's set like set put up the pegs tents. in the ground. <laughs> That's right. Let's set up camp here. Make some monuments to this. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and let's write some doctrine, let's write some catechism. And so we make this position and we defend it, and the Spirit moves and keeps Mm -hmm. peeling back layers. Mm -hmm. And we're like, no, you can't do that. (laughs) We're really bad at change. Mm -hmm. We're really bad at moving forward. But the Spirit keeps moving and He keeps peeling back another layer and another layer. And some of the layers that are being peeled back now, they're almost beyond comprehension. The layers that are being peeled back now are extending out into eternity. And we've always known that the gospel carries an eternal quality about it, but we've always said that'll happen when we die. Of course, we'll have eternal life. A verse like, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Of course, we believe in him, 
we won't perish, but we'll have everlasting life when we get to heaven. But is that what that verse says? Does it not say, whoever believes in him will not perish? Does that mean that the gospel is powerful enough to radically change our body and our DNA to the place where even on this earth we will not perish, but we will step into eternal life here on earth as in heaven? What does death have to do with this? Evidently, Jesus abolished death. Yeah, He abolished the effect of it. We've taken a lot of these verses and a lot of these concepts, and we've relegated them to the next life. But is there even a next life? Hmm. Is it not such a seamless transition that there isn't even a dividing point between one or the other? Like, how smooth has Jesus made this? How far does the gospel go? And I think all we wanted to do today was crack open the door Mm -hmm. and just say, think about it. It reminds me of when Jesus, when people would come to Jesus and ask for healing, and he'd ask them, like, do you want to be healed? And it just seemed like such an odd question. Like, these people are sick, and then you ask them, do you want to be healed? It almost reminds me of this, like, do you want to know more? So-and-so is saying this. So-and-so is doing that. Do you want to know more? Peter turns around, um, sees the disciple whom Jesus loved. <laughs> Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? Mm-hmm. You follow me. What is it to you? Are you curious to know? Do you want to know? Mm-hmm. Do you want to receive something more? It's like I feel like there's this invitation, but we have to want it. John was a disciple that Jesus loved, but he was also the disciple that loved Jesus. They had a, a very tight-knit relationship, those two. In that relationship came this strange little verse that you just read, where Jesus hinted an extraordinary life mm-hmm. extending long beyond the years that a person would live on this earth. Yeah, There are a lot of stories out there about people who have lived in very tight and very close oneness and union with Christ, who have actually transitioned into eternal life without even death being a part of it. There is something here that is being hinted at. You know, Paul said, I tell you a mystery. Mm. We will not all die. Mm. And here in this verse, it talks about life and immortality coming to light through the gospel, the good news. It's such good news that it can have such a radical effect on us mm-hmm. and our bodies that it can actually change the core DNA makeup of who we are. I don't even know what to say about that, but there are a few places in the Bible that talk about it. People might get offended at the thought of it, but it's there. You can explain it away. You can say, oh, no, that didn't mean that, but who's to say it didn't? Mm. I feel like we're kind of easily stuck on little things, like the original parts of our walk with the Lord. But there's this point I've realized in my own life where when I just decided to believe him, embrace it because he said it, it's like doors start opening. How do I have more faith? Just he says it, believe it, keep your eyes on him, regardless of how ridiculous it seems, regardless of what your situation is and what the world is telling you and what everyone else seems to be normalizing. What is he saying? The doors will open into deeper and deeper levels of experience with him. And there's no shortcut. He's abide in me. Okay, I'll abide in you. It's like that choosing to abide in him, devotion with him. 
as his bride, making him priority in your life. It really does open these doors and you can't ride someone else's coattail into that experience, right? Mm-hmm. Like the virgins with their oil show up and do all the right things. They were virgins. They kept themselves pure for him. They had the desire for him and they showed up with their lamps, but they didn't carry the extra oil. Oops. Right? You had one job. And you know Jesus. Oil. The oil. The oil <laughs> of joy. Jesus is anointed with the oil of joy more than any of the others. Yeah. There's also reference in the scripture, in the Psalms, to oil of union. Yeah. So how far can we go? I think a big key to that is how far do you want to go? How much of Jesus do you want? And I actually think people are afraid that they will go into some terrible kind of error. Like start worshiping elves at... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you keep your eyes on Jesus and you say, Jesus, you are limitless. Mm -hmm. The gospel is without limit. I want everything that you have. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. And you just let the Holy Spirit lead you. He will lead you to places that are above and beyond all that we can ask or think. Mm -hmm. That's what's written in the scripture. To be filled up with the fullness of God. Eye has not seen, ears not heard. It hasn't even entered into the heart of man. All the things that God has prepared like, for those who what love. What does that mean, if not above and beyond mind-blowing? Exactly. <laughs> so there are things out there that we've actually held back on. I just would say to anybody who is listening, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Fear not. Fear not. <laughs> Should we see that together in unison? Fear, Fear not. not. That was beautiful, Dean. That was wonderful. (laughs) Fear really is a big hindrance and roadblock. And part of fear is not understanding or feeling safe in the goodness of the Father because there's no darkness in Him. And also, the Father said to me a couple of months ago, Dean, I want you to come to me every day for love. And so I've just been coming every day to Him, laying my head on His shoulder and letting Him love me for as long as it takes for it to actually saturate the core of me. When your heart is so full of love, for him and for others, then there's no fear in that because that love also casts out fear, right? Like Mm -hmm. it gets rid of the fear. You end up living a life that's fearless and you end up being bold in your quest to go farther than anybody has ever gone. (laughs) What do they say in Star Trek? To boldly go where no man has gone before. Mm. And Jesus, he's paved the way. He paved the way. Okay, guys, it's better for me to leave than to stay with you because this way I can send the Holy Spirit to you. And you'll do greater things. So the Holy Spirit is the great tour guide into the gospel, <gasps> yeah. yes. into the good news. How is that for a mic drop <laughs> statement right there? Yes, that's so good. He will lead you into all things. Mm-hmm. He will bring all things to remembrance. Yeah. He will guide you. No longer will you need a teacher. You'll walk in it and experience it and he'll take you there. That's right. Okay, Kratos, we've gone places tonight. We don't even know where we are right now. Oh, Dean. Yes. If you had to define the gospel of the kingdom, what would you say about the gospel of the kingdom? Do you really want to know? Oh, definitely. My process has changed on that, even in the last couple of weeks. Mm. I used to think that the gospel of the kingdom was the good news that the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, which is not a concept, but it's a place. Mm. There's really great news. There's a kingdom. There's a place called heaven. And we can carry heaven with us wherever we go. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm. When we reach out our hand and we touch something, it transfers the kingdom of heaven or the will of heaven from heaven to earth. Mm. Or wherever we go, we proclaim and we carry the will of heaven and we release it here on earth. Careful when you hug a Christian. But. (laughs) Releasing the kingdom. (laughs) 
But I'm going to add to that, the kingdom of heaven is also enterable by human beings before they die. We are created to ascend into heaven, interact with heaven, interact with angels, and live from heaven in our everyday lives. And the further that I go, the more I see that we can enter it now. So I think the gospel of the kingdom, when it talks about it being a pearl of great price or a feel that when you find it is so mind-blowing <laughs> that you go and sell everything. Mm -hmm. Everything has got to go. All of your thoughts, all of the things that you conceived in your mind mm -hmm. that you normalized, you've got to sell it. You've got to get rid of it all. You've got to get rid of all your preconceived ideas because what you've just stumbled across is the good news that the kingdom of heaven is a place that you can go to. And I believe that it's finding out how to go there. When it says in the book of Revelation, come up here and I'll show you what will take place. And you can interact with heaven in a very real and a very literal way. I think that that's the essence because when you actually live in heaven and when you're able to go there, you're able to find out what it's like. You're able to find the heart of the Father and you're able to bring it down here and you're able to release his will on earth as it is in heaven. So if I were asked what the good news of the kingdom of heaven is, that would be my current answer. Mm, okay, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was really profound actually. And the verse that popped into my head was, you are seated with him in heavenly places. That's more than just conceptual. We are actually in him and he's in us. And we have one spirit with him, the spirit of God. Like there's so much there. I don't want to yeah. have the bar here and then not go there. Right. Like, I just want to tell you. We just don't want to set the bar down here and say, yeah. oh, that's a mighty high bar. Mm. And it might look like it's high to us, but I promise you, wherever you think the bar is, it's infinitely higher than that. Yeah. You know, one of the reasons I find it's so exciting, this life with Christ, is there's always anticipation. I feel like when you start experiencing these revelation upon revelation and then layer upon layer, and I feel like I'm just at the baby layers, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's so exciting that every time I open the Word, every time I go purposely in His presence, I know He's in me and I'm in Him all day, but those special times with Him, like, I don't know, there's always anticipation. Today is a new day. Where can we go? Oh, okay, Kritis. Okay, Merry like... Christmas to you. <laughs> <laughs> so exciting. So exciting to be able to celebrate him, not just at Christmas, but all the time. I feel like the more I've gotten to know him every day, and it might sound cheesy, but every day is like Christmas morning when you're with him. Even on the mundane, dreary, gray, rainy, going to work, whatever it is, days, it's like waking up with him, in him, mm. and this good news. How good is the good news today? Yeah, I just, it's Christmas every, every day. Every day it's new. Yeah. All right, Caritas, okay. in the words of the angel, do not be afraid. I bring you good oh. news, gospel. <laughs> oh, I'm just trying to reenact The that. gospel of great joy to all people. And you are one upon whom his favor rests, and you are one in whom God is well pleased. So that means glory to God in the highest and peace on you throughout this whole season and yes. your family. Whew. There you go. <laughs> That's where we're going to leave it today. Awesome. Wow. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We wish you a very merry, good week. <laughs> yes. And we hope that you've enjoyed this conversation because we certainly have. And greet us. Mm -hmm. 
You have yourself a great week. Mm-hmm. I will. And you have yourself a great week. Yep. Bye, guys. Bye. See you next time. <laughs>